0: Oh, this, this thing's so sick. Except I like, I don't know how the Jedi did it because it's like like there's nowhere to hold it. It doesn't have a handle, it doesn't have anything. Like it's a very uncomfortable weapon.
1: <laughs> it's very very uncomfortable. It was they were probably holding like it's probably all CGI. Actually no, they're what are you talking about? That was it, was r- r- it was real. It was oh, you're right. Oh, you're one of those guys.
0: All right, all right, all right. And welcome back. Well, Matt McConaughey for you. Welcome back to another episode of Value Nation. This is a show full of random events, just like life. But more importantly, we're here to help everyone understand appraisal and appraisal management business just a just a little bit better. We're going to keep it light, have some laughs like we always do, usually at our own expense, and talk about some headlines in the housing market. Don't forget, watch us, listen to us, follow us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, are we Twitter? So Twitter, I believe we're on Twitter. Charlie, you got to help me out here every once in a while.
1: Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I
0: think I, I think I said the TikTok. No, no, not on Twitter. Anyways, we're out there. Apple, uh, Apple Podcast app. Like, subscribe, tune in. Let's do this, All right, man. So,
1: uh, what we got? What we got? How about some? Uh, what's, what what kind of plans you got for the holidays?
0: Yeah, absolutely nothing. I love it. Love it? Yeah. Um, really nothing. So, you know, um shared custody situation here and we rotate every other year back and forth. And um last year she stayed my daughter stayed with me on Christmas Eve. So I am I'm loaning it up on Christmas Eve this year.
1: So I guess that's a good segue. So tell me what's your, what's your go-to Christmas drink from there? Cause you're going to be sipping on a couple of them on Christmas Eve by yourself. Hot toddies, baby. Hot toddy. hot toddy. Dude, I make a mean hot toddy. Uh, I tell you what, I make a mean
0: hot toddy, dude.
1: I have never heard a grown man say that ever. If he's not what? bartending it.
0: Yeah. Oh man. No, man. Good bourbon. Good bourbon. Some honey, some lemon, some hot water, man. It's it's that's my go to if I'm like feeling sick, I'm starting to get cold. Well,
1: yeah, oh yeah, I'll just take a shot of JMO right to the face if I'm feeling sick. Just let's just burn it right out.
0: But it's like 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 my go to drink is just bourbon neat or bourbon on the rocks. Like that's that's my go to. Yeah, you know, night cap, whatever. So it's a nice change of pace to actually like. And your drink of water, you're hydrating while you're doing a little.
1: Bit you're like hydrating that. a little bit. So <laughs> <But, laughs> I mean, I'll probably <laughs> I'll see in the morning. I'll sprinkle some of those in this season. Well, I mean, I'm an old-fashioned guy. Like, I like that, or bourbon on the rock. I'm lazy, man. I really got to um,
0: – I really got to – I just got to get the bitters so I can start making oh, yeah. some old value. I just, I mean, there's... I've never gotten the right stuff, so I, I got new motivation. I do have a, an update that is – kind of coincides with Valuation. Nation. Um, so this is a decent segue to what I want to talk about next, is, uh, is moving rooms around the house. The um, so I think I'm going to have like an actual office because currently my desk is set up in a living room. That's why I don't sit. That's why I don't sit at my desk for this. (laughs) It's because it's like I got the dog's tail behind me. Like I did the very first episode. I got like some of my chief's memorabilia. You can see the stairs are right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay Yeah. It's it's a weird spot in the house, but like it made the most sense whenever I first started working from home. I just never changed it. But um, so my daughter is getting older now. And like right now, our doors are right across from each other in the hall she's 13 eighth grade gonna go into high school next year and her and i kind of had the talk where she wants to do what all kids do when they get older is move to the downstairs bedroom
1: right where it's like
0: her own little apartment she's got her own bathroom in here living room will kind of become her little space and so like i'll have the upstairs she'll have the downstairs like it's happening it's started to happen like what age is a pro like do you, do you agree with this timing she's 13 halfway through eighth
1: grade like, I did the same thing, right? But yeah, I, think I did. I, was,
0: I, I did the same thing too. Like when my older sister moved to college, I started begging to take that downstairs room because it was always like the
1: oldest privilege to to yeah, be exactly. down there in my house. I might have been a freshman in high school. Yeah, I might have been my freshman year when it when it finally when it finally happened. Yeah, because there was four of us in the ho- four boys in the house. My older brother had it first, then he was out, and it was my turn. Yep, and then my two brothers after that. So yeah, it must have been. It was like early high school, so eighth grade. I mean, I guess it's. I like it. I like it for selfish reasons.
0: I'm going to turn her bedroom, where I did the recording. You know. Yeah. You've seen every room of my house at this point except my bedroom, (laughs) but uh, I'm going to turn that in my office back okay. And that, and that kind of came from the hot toddy old-fashioned situation because like it's not a huge bedroom, but I will have I think I'll have room in there to put the desk, maybe like a little love seat. Get a TV okay. in there, and I'll set up like my little. That's where like my all my bourbon bottles would be. And I'll have like a little bar set up in there. So then maybe I will actually like get some bitters and get some other stuff towards like an actual bar setup. Because I just don't I have like anywhere it. Floor, right? Yeah, dude, but, I like it. It's like the man room, the main <laughs> office. <laughs> it's not be a mid
1: cave because it's upstairs. You can't call it the cave, right? But uh, no, you can't. No, that's a great idea. So I had. So I have I have an office. It's a bedroom, but I have a separate bar down on like the on the main floor. Mm-hmm. Like, there with, like, a couch and the trees there and all that good stuff. Um, but I have, the only problem with that is, like, I don't have a cool place to display all the really nice bottles and stuff I got. Like, I got a, so I turned 40 last week. And oh yeah had,
0: happy, happy birthday by the way uh, man oh, you're just gonna skip over that.
1: i was just gonna let that one go you're were you were just let,
0: gonna skip over it yeah, you, gonna yeah. Talk, you, you didn't see it on the notes come into this you're like i'm not gonna say a word about it. no birthday. i wasn't going to, <laughs> to but
1: now you just you struck me with this freaking bourbon conversation so oh, my wife she's the the best she threw me a surprise birthday party um she'd been planning and lying to me for months now she's a Apparently, she's a very good liar. And I'm very terrified at this point. <laughs> but I, I've been like backtracking, thinking about all the weird crap. And I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. For like three months. But so she had people show up that I haven't, like, uh, all my brothers came in, friends from Ohio. Um, all people around here in Northern Virginia, all my friends came in, um, family. It was great. Like, I met my little nephew for the first time. I haven't seen him. He's a, almost a year now. Yeah, he's a year this month. Um, my brother was there. So anyways, it was fantastic. We did, it was at a uh, a distillery, which was all about bourbons and gins. Oh, sweet. And so, but everybody, even though my wife's like, don't bring, give him anything. He's a grown man. Like everybody brought like a bottle of bourbon for me. Oh, so now I have like you all of have. these, like this assortment. And plus they someone gave me a kit on actually to make my own bourbon, which is really cool. I've never done that before. That's what that's
0: what I've been working on.
1: That's what so now I need like a back bar for it, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like or someplace to display all the bottles instead of just putting it underneath in the bar.
0: Oh no, you gotta have like it. I want to look it. at it. It's you like it. in all its glory. Dude, I I, I went the cheap route on it, and I, I don't mind it. Like I buy because I like wine too. Um, I, I just bought like some like like these four shelf wine racks because they have the top off, so like I keep my wine and the wine racks and then like it's got like a shelf right above the top so like shorter bourbon bottles can fit in there and then on the top i just have my bourbon bottles kind of displayed, you know tallest to shortest right a Cool,
1: idea. that's a good idea yeah i mean dude it's cheap
0: yeah like 30 40 bucks for one of those things i built and the I, bought,
1: I built the bar we have so like it's like I a pilot bar
0: i kind of want to do that for the office though because i I kind of want a better setup and like some of the cabinets
1: gonna get you like, then you got to get like a smoking jacket and uh, some house shoes. You know, that
0: I hey, I got the house shoes on right now, man.
1: yeah, so do I. It's the thing,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Christmas uh, next year. I'm gonna get we're gonna get you a nice little you yeah, have smoking dude, jacket.
0: The, don't judge the Ugg house shoes, man. They're the best.
1: That's literally what I'm wearing,
0: yeah. The Ugg house shoes, They're. So I
1: mean, not beautiful. the brown boots things, like probably no, no, no. Has, has, but, they
0: got the rubber on the bottom. You can wear these at the grocery yeah. store if you want. It's a shoe, it's, it's technically a shoe, but it's a house shoe.
1: But it's got the nice fur on the inside. Oh, it's like a, man. It's, it's it's a like pillow a, for your foot. It's, it's a warm hug
0: for your foot. <laughs> oh, my God. Get me back on track. All right. New segment. New segment alert. New segment alert. Let's do it. We've never done this. I like this. I like this idea. On this day. So we're going to roll through some on this days. Um, so this is going to air December 16th, a week from today. So we're talking about right. while we're filming. So I'm, I'm going to run through just, you know, for anybody watching on the 16th, on this day, the day this is going to air, big one right here, baby, Boston Tea Party, let's go, oh. 1773, 342 chests of tea, the British East India Company in the Boston, it's a, it's a party, <laughs> dude, that's crazy though, that, that's pretty, that's a pretty nice on this day to have on there, actually, um, yeah, yeah. the one that's not so nice, 1631 Mount Vesuvius,
1: oh, yeah, not so great,
0: not so great, uh 1944 beginning of the battle of the bulge um there was something about um it was like wasn't that it was based on like a bridge or something that that both sides wanted and needed and today was the day that somebody crossed over the other's lines and that's that was considered the beginning of the battle of the bulge which lasted forever um and then 2009 the movie avatar was released
1: Oh, and part two. Part two is uh, part two coming up. Yeah, coming up. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. Internationally released, two thousand nine. I saw the wildest thing that I can never unsee again about Avatar. Um, this was last week. I, I caught my, you know, scroll paralysis, <laughs> and <laughs> comparing movies that have gotten completely ripped off from other movies. Okay. Dances with Wolves. So, think about it. The army takes, like, he, like wasn't he kind of like a broken man or something like that? I forget what, it, like, or he was disabled or something like that. So, they made it to where, yeah, he was disabled.
1: So, Ooh, Kevin Costner?
0: Yeah. Well, he was deemed unfit for action. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Sent, yeah. That's what it was. So, they, they sent him to go befriend the Indians and then make it to where um, to teach them about our culture and about the colonization that was coming their way. He ends up, becoming more than just friends with them, like learns their ways, embraces their ways, falls in love, then ends up fighting with the people that he was sent to colonize against the people he was sent there by that are trying to colonize them. Hold it's the ex- It's the exact same story as well, Avatar. Did
1: you come up with this on your own? This no, is... I, no oh, I wish
0: okay. I did. I wish I could take credit. But dude, James Cameron ripped off Dances with Wolves. It's the exact same story. Exact same plot line. Except it's Dances just blue wolves. people. Except for it's yeah, blue and people on another, a, in another. On another, world. I, I've, I've, I've been wanting to talk to somebody about this ever since I saw it. That blew my mind. I was like, "This is a complete rip off, complete rip off." I wish I was smart enough
1: to come up with these things. Like I. That. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I. Well, let's see which let's see which movie he rips off for the second one. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll see. I mean, that's wild, man. I never even never would have connected the two, but I see the story and how they play out. Um, this is with wolves was a great, man.
0: That that's one. another that's another one you could fall asleep during but still it's a good night. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's long gosh. it was long. long how about some uh how about some magic mortgage mortgage numbers
0: magic mortgage numbers
1: i can't believe you turned this into a thing but okay oh, oh, oh. we're gonna run with it the magic, magic mortgage, mortgage. mortgage numbers. i, should I can't even say close.
0: it magic mortgages i can't say either. magic mortgage numbers or what if we did like uh, you're
1: gonna play a little like, simple give me something all right, so let's see. All of our data, as we know, is through what? Uh, um, this is for up through October, right? Yeah. numbers yeah. will be out. Soon. Yeah, they
0: they released the numbers on like the 18th or something like that the next month, so it, it takes okay. a little while to go through all
1: it. Uh, Let's see. But before we get into that data, today's magic rate is 6.33 on a 30-year fixed. We're coming back down. That's four straight weeks of the rate coming down.
0: What were we at last Last filming? Six point,
1: uh, 6.49 was... Okay. Good. Oh, yeah, down from 6.49. Is that... Yeah. Read your notes, Michael. I mean, read your notes, Michael. I mean, it's read coming it. down. It's going in the right direction. Buying power still is questionable. Um, yeah. They say that the buying power of... Well, I'm sorry, the inventory and the amount of home purchases for the values of like 100000 to two fifty and anything over a million, those two segments are way, way down. Really? Yeah, and they say, they attribute it to that to like, so in the lower lower half, it's uh, it's availability and what's there, right? And then for a million plus, it's all those people have taken a bath in the stock market oh, yeah. and um, any kind of like the 401ks, everything. So they have less to pull out for like down payments and stuff like that. Um, interesting. But I mean, that's a wide range in the middle. What are we talking about? Two two fifty plus up to a million. Well, right, give, give me numbers. Give me numbers. I got you, I got you. Ready? Uh nine straight months of existing home sales declining as of the end of October. Oh uh, yeah, no the, kidding.
0: Yeah, the number of sales. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still yeah. wild if you think about it, nine straight months
1: of the number of homes being sold declining. Well, yeah, after the last two years we've had. um, Let's see, 5.9%. Sales fell from September to October. So year over year, it's like 28%, 28 28.5% roughly. Uh, Okay. Lumber. Lumber's a huge thing, right, within these new construction and all this stuff that, you know, to try and bring the inventory back up. Um, Lumber, I didn't know that it was based on per thousand Boards per thousand feet of boards, sorry.
0: Yeah, you gotta have something to determine the price. Yeah. I didn't know that. I would have yeah. so that's or that's how it's like the stock is traded,
1: you know, like yeah. gold and crude. Oil, it's an crude oil. interesting cause you see the that's why the numbers get so big. So like yeah. as of right now, it's they're going at 419 420 bucks roughly per thousand feet of boards, right? Just say four twenty. I did say four twenty. You're right. Just checking. Smoke okay, it if you got it. Now uh, legal.
0: Now legal in Missouri.
1: Is it? Well, it's legal in in Virginia too. Yeah. Um. That's a down. What four hundred and twenty bucks per thousand feet of board of lumber, down seventy percent since March. It peaked. It peaked at over fourteen hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, which which makes sense. That hits home with me because I need to re re-do my deck.
1: Oh like,
0: no. Yeah, the frame is good, so I don't need a whole new deck, but like everything else is going to go. Stairs, railings, you know, boards on top.
1: Do you have real wood or is it that Trek deck stuff?
0: No, it's real wood. Oh. Um, And, but, you know, I was talking about doing it in the, in the spring and in the summer and everybody's like, no, no, the price of over. The, the price of over. It's going to cost you up. Like that was the time to do it. It's like, who will do my deck right now? Because I mean, the cost is.
1: Yeah. You live <laughs> in Kansas city. There's nobody's going to be working outside right now in December. It's cold.
0: Yeah. No, it's so up and down though. Kansas City weather update, 41 degrees, high of 48, low of 32. Hey, we had a see, low. We, we, see, we have this low pressure system coming from the south <laughs> that's going to combine with this high pressure system from the north. We need that's to get you a green screen. And, and, and that's bringing in some of the – that front is bringing in, you know, the, the cold air from Canada, and it's going to push out. You know, it's going to cause high winds for a little bit, maybe some rains, the two two pressure systems combined that's going to push out to the east over, over your direction. And then from there, it's just going to be frigid for –
1: are you even practicing that? Like that was that was really I, well done. I used to want to be a weatherman. I mean, it's one of the only jobs you can get like wrong ninety percent of the time. still have
0: <laughs> it's educated guesses. Just like being a dad. <laughs> educated <laughs>
1: guesses every day. Yeah. <laughs> dad, can I eat this? Uh, I don't know. Let's did it fall how long was it on the floor? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Five Sounds second good. rule? No, let's make it a ten. That's, I mean, that's what we're here for. Educating the young, our young minds. Educating guesses. Our youths. Just out here guessing, baby. So, so we're six episodes in, right? And we haven't really told people what we do as an AMC. What do we do? An appraisal management company. Appraisal management company. Let's, let's, let's break it down a little bit for them so that, you know, if they don't really have a full, full picture, um, they get a little better idea. It's not just, not just an order taker. And, uh, would, would
0: you call us like, uh, the, the fluffer, not fluffer, the, the, buffer?
1: the buffer, the buffer. Yeah. Buffer. Totally.
0: Kind of, we're kind of the buffer between, you know, those, those parties handling the mortgage and then who needs to appraise. It.
1: Right. Maybe and maybe the dividing line between. Yeah. Those. I remember when I first got in the business, there was a lot of those conversations of, uh, Oh, man, I remember when I could just text or call oh, the appraiser my myself.
0: You, like, I still I still like, hear yeah, that. you're the problem. That's why I still hear that, but like, yeah, you know, back in the day, I could have just called the appraiser myself and, and talked about this. But like no, well, yeah, that was um it's a little bit of a conflict of interest there. So,
1: yeah, a little bit. I mean, the fact that people are still saying that, and yeah. AMCs like we are the first AMC license in the country, and we've been around for what is it thirteen years? Twelve years.
0: Yeah, we're not the oldest AMC.
1: Not the area. oldest AMC, but we're the first we're the first, a- first licensed guy. To
0: get a state license, yeah, Arizona, right? Yeah, Arizona. Zero um, zero one. But um so yeah, so so the AMC is there to like we, we provide a service. Like we we we're not necessarily providing a product, we're providing a service that helps troubleshoot through the entire appraisal process and and also helps check the boxes on a bunch of requirements and things that are needed to be done along the way and, and after the report's completed.
1: Right, right. A lot of uh a lot of those sticky uh compliance uh pieces that are now required or if it's like mm-hmm. a FHA file, um, USDA, all those guys, like there's a whole nother level of checks and balances that an AMC will do for files like that. So
0: Yeah, yeah, you gotta make sure certain certain things are getting done during the inspections. It's it's not as simple as like, you know, we, we touched on what happens during appraisal and it, yeah, it really is kind of a simple thing. Um, it's not the same as a home inspection. Like what we, we talked on that episode, but there is certain requirements based on the loan type. Um, that right. Certain things have to be inspected and tested for some loan types versus the others. And obviously the company You're working with as an amc has to know those things and double check the report to make sure all those things are touched on and present before it gets delivered and then you know to add one layer to it i mean we it doesn't i guess we can kind of go out of order here it doesn't necessarily matter um you know after we review the port and everything's touched on we checked all the boxes reports good to go and be delivered um satisfactory then there's these various portals that we have to upload these reports to as well and deliver those to lenders and mortgage companies banks um you know, FHA has a special portal has to go to. Fannie and Freddie, you know, has to go through UCDP and produce SSRs and send those through. And then sometimes those SSRs fail. Sometimes upload fails. Then you got to go back, look through the report, figure out, okay, we got this this error message. We got to
1: grill support, our support staff. We're like, guys, fix this right now.
0: I do it myself. You know, my background started, I was, man, my AMC journey's nuts. Another sidebar. I, I was like, QC strictly, then like QC escalations, QC management, then went over to vendor management and went to like vendor management, then upper vendor management, then vendor manager, then like operations manager basically, and then sales and account management is basically where we're at now. So it's like, I've gone through the whole spectrum and it's like, I, I can't stand waiting to get stuff done. So I, I have, you know, I got my access, I got my username and password for, for those various portals. And when an error comes up, man, I mean, I like most of them are so easy fixes most of the time. But the thing is, is that's that's a big benefit to using an AMC is we have staff and lots of staff who understand and know and have seen a million of these errors um, versus trying to handle it yourself as a lender. And then reaching out to people trying to figure out, okay, well, we're getting this. You know, it says the XML file, which appraisals are uploaded in XML files, there's a HTTP 8 code error, blah, blah, blah. What does this mean? And it's like, well, you got a corrupted XML. I mean, basically yeah. Like, you need to get that from the source save it once, upload it to the file and it should work. It's somehow getting corrupted through emails is what I found on that one. Like it's, it's little tidbits like that, that we've seen a million times because we deal with multiple different clients. So we deal with a larger volume of orders. So we're gonna see more errors than a lender would see just dealing with strictly their speaking. So you know, oh, yeah. from, from the sheer amount of volume that we do. So we're gonna be able to help you out, troubleshoot things a lot quicker and get you your report and all the necessary documents.
1: Which is all anybody wants to see in the end, right? They want
0: Service, man. Service. Service it's with a service. smile. Service with a smile. All day. Tangent. There's another Schwartz tangent.
1: Schwartz tangent.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, stay going, man. I get fired up talking about appraisals.
1: Uh, What's another big piece that you would say I mean- people forget that we do?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, the, the, the most obvious one is is we have to find appraisers and assign orders, and that is some people you talk to. Do you ever notice some people will reach out to you like, "It, it can't be that hard, can't just just find an appraiser to send it to." Like it's really it's really not that easy. Like it's not as it's not like yeah. You, you, we get an order, we double check to make sure everything's correct in the order. Address is, you know, tied to USPS, so that's correct. You know, loan type matches the the product. I every mean, all the necessary information's in there then we go like okay well, what appraisers are in this area and it's not like all right well this guy is 5 miles away ratings are good checks out clicks in, and and then don't forget about the order it doesn't work like that like right. it doesn't necessarily mean that guy's going to accept the order
1: yeah that's the biggest piece uh especially when we we're everybody was really busy over the last couple of years right um it was it took a lot and you know there're extended turn times because of it and Let's be honest, like everybody has heard this, I'm sure at one point or another, that appraisers is a that's an aging slash dying employment um, job, right? Average age of the appraiser is what, 65 or something like that?
0: It's I somewhere around that seven years ago and it was like. 55, 58. Yeah. 60, which we so these dudes are getting it's older. Only, it's only got up since <laughs> <Yeah>. then. <laughs> They're only getting
1: older and we're uh, regulations and, and rules that are in place that make it extremely hard for someone new to come in and, and be a part of this. So, yeah. So to your point, like it, it's no guarantee that since there's such a small pool, there's no guarantee that that first guy that looks great on paper um, that his schedule's going to line up.
0: It, it doesn't mean he's going to set the order. Um, we can't and, and then it always comes into the question on, on cost. You know, a lot of people don't understand the cost on appraisals and like we, we cannot dictate and tell appraisers, you know, what, what they can charge on work. Right. Right. Um, that, that goes against <laughs> a lot of us we're going to get a lot of state violations. If we're telling them, you know, you have to take it, this amount of money. So, you know, the, the, the reasonable and customary thing comes up and we have to make sure that like, what we're paying these appraisers is reasonable, and customary, you know, against the vast majority of the appraisers in that area. And you can kind of use that to gauge to see if an appraiser just happens to be charging you for something along those lines. But yeah, man, so, so we have to have checks and balances in place to make sure, you know, if we assign an order, it's getting followed up on in a timely, you know, reasonable amount of time to make sure it is accepted. If it's not accepted, we start looking at other options. And there's, you know, a high percentage of orders where we're having to reach out to multiple appraisers to see if they will take it on a decent amount of orders. So, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in even before the, the file gets accepted.
1: Right, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. A yeah. lot of that, the verification piece is huge too, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, yeah. making sure I, everything lines up there.
0: I feel like that, that, I feel like the most important part of the appraisal process for an AMC is getting the order accepted. Like the clock starts ticking. Yeah. Everybody once that appraisal is ordered and the faster you get that thing accepted, usually the faster you're
1: going to get it. accepted and then our team goes on and make sure that, uh, to help if necessary, facilitate the scheduling, mm-hmm. um, with the borrower or the point of contact. Uh, and that can be a process in itself as well. Right. Cause, um, with
0: people deal with schedules. Yeah. And sometimes
1: you're dealing with an assistant to an appraiser, um, you know, an office manager, what have you, um, the borrowers all have their own window of opportunity. Everybody has, you know, people have jobs. Availability is, can sometimes be very limited, yeah. um, and we have to try and line those things up, uh, and it's not always that clean, right? Speak about the past two years. The schedule part's been the hardest part of
0: the whole thing. I mean, oh yeah, letting people into your house, letting a stranger into your house,
1: like, yeah,
0: it, that threw a whole new wrinkle in the
1: Oh, yeah, COVID really screwed that up. There's a lot mean, of people it, who wanted nothing to do with someone new, whether they were yeah. not wearing a mask or not come into their home or even be around it.
0: And then also think about the safety of an appraiser, the appraiser on, 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 on everybody does it differently. But I mean, sometimes they'll have like inspection days to where like two or three days a week, they'll do all their inspections. They could be at any up to six, seven houses in one day. So think about all that exposure to that person. And then they were at a house and taking that to the next house and domino effect. Right. Right. A couple days a week. So think about their safety too. I mean, the whole thing was a logistical nightmare. The past past couple of years, and if, if you weren't working with somebody who, as far as name c goes, who you trust, who has your back, who's there for you, and, and kind of has an idea of what they're doing, and has the manpower to to handle like the length of time an order was taking, as compared to you know no virus, no no restrictions, on nothing, man. And you, yeah. you were struggling. You were struggling if you weren't working with someone that that knew what they were doing.
1: Right, I mean all the uh, the regional guys uh, and smaller players, if you will, they had, you know, they had best intentions and in trying to help facilitate some of the orders during that time frame. But sadly, they didn't have the manpower to really stay on top of it when we were going through an industry time or a market that was bigger and crazier than anyone we've ever seen. Yeah, right. For two straight years,
0: that was the time where manpower was probably the biggest. Like the amount of touches an order gets the amount of times an order gets opened up to do something, whether it's checking up on status, reaching out to an appraiser to see if everything's going. All right. You know, checking like, like the amount of touches per order. I bet you would probably double during that
1: time easily. Oh, So I would, if, it, I would, so if yeah. you didn't
0: have the people to, to check up on orders, I mean, you were struggling, which, which we do have, the people. and we still do have, the people. we still do have a large staff, I mean, obviously times have been tough for everybody but we still have we still have large staff here
1: that's that's ready for more man bring it we got bring like, on the orders bring, bring on the orders bring on the orders we <laughs> Little plug i mean we're ready we got stuff we to are, do we are ready we got we got time for you call us email us text call us, us. Hit us up. dm um
0: see so, yeah, i mean um, i mean do we even want to go down the rabbit hole of post completions you know like after, like our job still isn't done after we've delivered the appraisal delivered all the necessary documents our job still isn't done because underwriting still has to go through the file underwriting could require some more comments or clarification on things the appraiser touched on in the report so we have to handle that process reaching back out to the appraiser and then what if they don't agree with the appraiser's <laughs> final opinion
1: of value? oh that never happens does it never. uh yeah what I happens mean, there? we've been, you know, we're in a good position to where we've empowered a lot of our, a lot of our lender partners, uh, and brokers to, you know, place revisions that they're comfortable replacing. Right. But there's times where they need what little extra direction or help when it comes to maybe a value rebuttal, or they want some clarity on some things. And that's where we come in, mm-hmm. uh, you're the, as the escalation and, and then we have to go to the appraiser and say, all right, well, here's, they want some more explanation around this piece, or they want you to consider these uh these other comps because the lender feels that um they're a better representation of, of the market right mm-hmm. and so then we have to play more middleman more more back and forth between us than the lo or the or the underwriter um it's yeah that's that part is can be rough sometimes it can be yeah Especially with the way market values went up so much in the last year.
0: Do you think we should change, like, I'm going to change my email signature to appraisal counselor?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Well, you don't want to open up that can of worms. Everybody's going to find We're the man, find that You know,
0: we're, we're trying to make everybody feel good, do the whole thing, trying to be like, okay, yes, I understand that you're not a fan of what's happening here, but this needs to be done. All right. I, know, I mean, you're not a fan of the way this was done, but we're working on it. Like, we're, we're the appraisal counselors.
1: Uh, I think that's that's a wrap, my friend. I think we've uh, we've completely checked off every single box that we had for today. Uh, make sure to go out and like us, subscribe on our YouTube channel, IG, click Facebook, it. Click, click it, it. click it or the ticket. little icon, it or take it. Uh, TikTok. Mike's gonna be TikTok, and maybe we'll do a TikTok takeover. You know, I
0: was thinking we should do that. I was that's thinking we. We need to get ourselves out there. The people want to see us. The people so want like, to see. We, we should we should jump on these TikTok ticker, whatever it's called, trends. Man, I don't want the TikTok on my phone though, man. <sighs> make
1: well, me well, it. yeah. Gonna, we'll have, have make to make me
0: agree. I'll, I'll do it on Instagram. All
1: right, all right, we'll do that. And but, uh, uh, feel
0: free to. You guys start to... seeing more of us on a
1: weekly basis. You want to see? They want to see us. Feel free to DM us. Let us know how much you love the show. Ooh, uh, we're sl- sliding the DMs. <laughs> Or if if you want to uh, partner with us, there's an idea. Always drinking something, snacking something, wearing something. And so we'll see you next time.